Welcome to Punchboard Paradise, coming to you from the heartland of America in Omaha, Nebraska, where we discuss the world of tabletop gaming, the topics that affect the board game community, and give honest and fair reviews of the industry's hottest games. In episode 131, the Punchboarders talk about some recent plays. We draft games that are 0.59 or lower on the BGG rating. And finally, we review La Familia. Hey, everybody, I'm Clef. Hey, I'm Chad. Uh, I'm Richie. Uh, where the heck are we, guys? Uh, I heard That's that we're question. in Slow Play Studios. Slow Play Studios. Yes. Wow. You this, know, is, this is different here. It is different. Actually, it, because it's usually the three of us, this feels like a little bit exhibitionist kind of. <laughs> <laughs> like people are watching us Yeah, now. yeah, yeah. Um, no, we, we are really lucky. Obviously, our listeners have been uh, very patient with us because our soundboard done broke and uh up and died yeah so so we are getting some some great help from mr ryan freshman the first podcaster of omaha about board games as far as i know anyway yeah hey i mean yeah they were uh, a big uh reason why i said hey i wanted to start a podcast was that because you thought like if ryan can do it i'm sure that i can do it pretty much yeah (laughs) (laughs) nice nice no ryan was great help to us so those of you that uh listen to the podcast and are happy it's around you can thank ryan for that because he gave us a lot of help in the beginning so absolutely so no this is this is nice i mean Richie, I think we got to up our game here. Get these. Uh, I mean, I don't even know what these big bars are, and then we've got these. <laughs> yeah, this right it's quite fancy. Yeah, it's more professional than your basement. That's for yeah. sure. <laughs> <laughs> just, just a little bit. Just a little bit. Um, well, as you as you guys were saying, you know, the soundboard is. Uh, we don't know when we're going to get it back, so. We might have to be guests here at Slow Pace, Slow Play Studios more than what we thought we would be. You might have to pay rent. I, I might. <laughs> yeah. So, I think I already told him that we were that you were paying him, Chad. Oh, okay, so, sure. Yeah, yeah, you got you, it. You'll take care of that. No problem. So, um, but hopefully we'll either find if we can fix our soundboard or we're gonna have to buy a new. We'll one. We'll do something. Some yeah. alternative. Yeah, we'll we'll keep coming. Uh, coming back so <laughs> nobody nobody wants to hear about this stuff though as long as they get no. the podcast they want to hear about games that's I right i suppose that's they right. do right. Yeah. so what do we want to talk about well let, let's hey. actually first of all let's yeah. welcome ryan on yeah. and have him talk about this massive thing that is sitting on this table that is so that's pretty very impressive so yeah. let's yeah let's welcome mr ryan freshman uh hello is this thing on <laughs> Trying to get all the uh, dust out of the system. It's still booted up for you guys. Hey, everybody. Hey, Punch <laughs> Borders. It's so good to be back on the airwaves. And I still do play games for those that don't even hardly remember my name anymore. <laughs> so for those of you who maybe don't know, uh, Ryan used to run a podcast called Across the Board with our good friend Dan, who has been on the podcast a few times. And we've never had a chance to have Ryan on the podcast. So yeah. this is this is exciting. So Ryan, why don't you tell everybody what this game is and what it's all about? So actually, this is a Kickstarter game, and this is one that Dan and I have recently gotten to the table and really started to explore, and it's a Kickstarter called Unsettled. I don't know if anybody's heard of it or backed it. Uh, I've it was seen an, it. It was an expensive game to back. The whole package was 250 bucks, which in the scheme of Kickstarters is getting up there even these days. And this game, I would call this, we were trying to figure out the best way to describe it, but it's kind of like Space Odyssey meets Seventh Continent, um, kind of pandemic feel 
which everybody who listens to games that uh, Clef likes to talk about would say, man, I don't, I'm not interested. It's not heavy enough. Um, but the surprising thing here is the lore and the language really draws you into this game. Um, it's exploratory. You're flipping tiles over. You're on a ship that basically got hit into a black hole and sent you out into space, and you're trying to survive. So you're ch checking out planets for food and for oxygen and for parts for your ship, and you run into all of these different um, issues along the way, and you have to really rely on each other to survive and learn new technologies and research and battle whatever's there. And I was surprised. It was actually a really fun game. And so we're actually a few plays in, and it's cool because they have four different difficulties, and then on each planet they have four different challenge levels so it's like endless opportunity to play so there's the elevator pitch so this looks like it's from orange nebula games and i don't know can can is this a recent one can you late pledge to it or what's the story with you this? can't actually it's really funny i backed this at the very beginning of 2022 i believe and here we are in 2024 and i got an update saying hey we're fully fulfilled in the united states and we're moving on to the UK, and they had a bunch of issues along the way post-COVID. And so I emailed them and said, hey, I didn't get my game. And they overnighted it to me. This happened like a week and a half ago. Wow. So it was the only Kickstarter that took over a year longer than it was supposed to. So you can't get it anymore, but they have copies. I believe they're available for retail. I know you can find them on eBay. It's worth looking at. It looks amazing. Like Just looking at some of these chits, I mean, like really evocative of the story like you were talking about this uh, viscous egg and and this one uh, sponge trumpet sounds like Clef's Tinder name actually. Um, I mean it looks really interesting. It's a weird shape, Clef. <laughs> How did you know that, Chad? <laughs> so so how many uh, how how much story is there to it? Do you play through uh, a bunch of different yeah, missions? So or? I, ha I have uh, nine planets. So each planet is different in difficulty, and each planet has four different storylines or challenge levels per planet so it's really endless play a lot of them like you guys are looking at this one this is like the very first map it tells you how to set it up um some of them it's like you crash land and the the pieces are are randomized on how you're going to do it so there's so much randomness to it uh and the big thing that you're chasing is there's a board here if you look every move you do like time is expiring they call it your endurance track and so it's like think about it up an astronaut you only have so much oxygen and so there's no way to recoup this in the game. So you're racing against this clock. And what happens, Dan and I were discussing, you start to get to this point where you're losing track of your time because you want to go explore. You want to flip all the tiles over. Like, seriously, we were talking about it. And I was like, is that really what it is? And that, that's what it is. We looked up the first time we beat it, barely, on the easiest mode, on the easiest planet. Our second play, we played with four players. And we were one move away from making it back to the ship to get oxygen and we died, which is pretty wild, which made me go, oh, I want to I want to play this again. Kind of like the first time people played the grizzled. You were mm -hmm. super pissed off that you couldn't beat it. And then on the ninth try, you thought there is a way to beat this. It was kind of that vibe. I don't think I ever beat the grizzled. honestly. <laughs> <laughs> So it it, it, is yeah. this this is the boards look like it's dice allocation then for your action? Yeah, so you you have three different dice. I'm just going to call it green, red, and blue. It's like energy and research and data. And there's different moves that you do. If you go there with that colored die, you get a bonus with it. You can put your die anywhere. But what starts to happen is you come under duress or distress or stress. There's different terminologies in each world. 
and you start to have to cover up your board so you have limited options. The only way to move the distress is to pay a time, literally, to move that distress to something else. And so you really have to rely on your teammates because me removing distress from you, like if there's a, what was his Tinder name? Like a uh, skin sponge flute trumpet. or something like that? <laughs> <laughs> or skin flute. Yeah, Either. so if Clef has a skin flute stuck inside of him... <laughs> <laughs> it would be easier for you to reach behind him and pull that out than for him to try to do that himself. <laughs> I'm just I'm just reading the cards, Clef. <laughs> Clef doesn't have the mic right now, so I can say whatever I want while I stand here next to him. Uh, no, but for real, it 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 begs you to help each other because when you're helping somebody else, the abilities work better than if you try to do it for yourself. And so the problem is you don't know what you're doing on the map. And you start to explore and you look back and your teammates four squares or four areas away and you need his help because you're also trying to build these different research colors and something like that comes up that says you need to have a breakthrough in data and you need to have a breakthrough in robotics to do this ability. And all of a sudden Richie's across the map, you know, looking at flowers on this planet and you need him over here because he's the specialist in robotics that he's learned along the way studying the planet. Huh. That sounds really interesting, actually. I like that. I like that. I mean, that's that's the best part of cooperative games is where you have to really like you can't do it by yourself. And, and probably that's what helps prevent quarterbacking. Right. Like so. Yeah. You rely on everybody. And they did a really great job. It's recessed player boards. It's stacking trays. It's sleeved. Everything has its place. And so to get a cooperative game, a lot of times they're kind of rickety. And this one's really big and bulky and beautiful to look at. So. Nice. Uh, I've been speechless because I haven't had a mic here. I was uh, <laughs> getting skin fluted and stuff over here. <laughs> uh, Ryan, thank you so much for telling everybody about this. this. Is something that you know we probably would not really know a lot about. So this is kind of cool that we were able to bring uh, this game to our, our listeners, and hopefully some of them will check it out. So it sounds pretty cool. All right. Well, Chad, I know your game's not going to be as cool as Ryan's. Well, no. I mean, it, it's, a, it's a couple of card games. But I do know that some of our audience still likes card games, so I will bring it up nonetheless. Uh, we played a bunch of stuff lately, especially since we've uh, been since the last time we were back on the mics. One of the games that we played, Richie got a whole shipment of trick takers in from Japan, right? Yeah, I got yeah. a bunch of them. And um, one of those is uh, Twinkle Starship. And that's from uh, Taiki Shinzawa, who did Nine Nine Lives, the the cats game from All Play. That's a trick ticker too. So we knew that we like uh, Shinzawa games anyway. And this was a really interesting one because you have little sticks that you get, and all the numbers in your in your cards are. It's a trick taking game. All the numbers on your cards are digital, and so you can take those sticks and make other digital numbers with your sticks. Right. And that's kind of the thing you I think you bid, if I remember right. Right. You bid on how many tricks you're going to take that that uh, that round, if I remember right. And I, then I think no. it was the number of sticks you had left remaining. Over yeah, was, that, that oh, right. That's it. It's kind of like yeah. Nikos, yeah. Nikosu Dyson. Mm -hmm. what, whatever sticks you haven't used, those are how many tricks you're going to take. That's right. Mm -hmm. Thank you. So anyway, you are basically using these sticks to make your numbers different if you want to. But if somebody also takes the trick with all those sticks, those are additional points for the end of the round as well. So you want to be careful about trying to win tricks and make sure you hopefully win them so that you're not giving people your sticks for, for points at the end of the round. It was a really interesting game. I really liked the, the give and take of 
trying to make sure that if you use your sticks, hopefully you're one of the last ones to go. So you're not going to lose what you what you played out there. Um, what do you guys think of that game since you since you played it? It was tough for me because uh, I played horribly for sure. <laughs> you, <laughs> Getting, you did play horribly. Yeah. <laughs> figuring really out did. that you know that that seesaw of you know how many tricks you need to take compared to how many segments you have left off is not that easy to do. I mean, it's one of my favorite thing in uh, Nukusu Dice is you know figuring out which die to leave so that you keep with that many tricks mm-hmm. or uh, 99 was right. the same way right yeah i really like those type of games yeah. or, or even nine lives you know where you're trying to hit a certain number of tricks i always really like those type of games um now did we ever find out were we were we doing something wrong where i wasn't allowed to put ones or yeah you numbers? can't just put rain yeah you okay. can't so you have to make numbers i hit zero four games or you know four rounds in a row and i was like this seems a little too easy so yeah. that you so can't I, use do that rule you have to use your sticks to make an actual okay number. i think that will definitely make it a better game a little bit more uh you know uh you can't hit zero probably fairly yeah, easy so because yeah. the rules translation was a little bit ambiguous at first sure. but but you always have to make different numbers if you're putting sticks on the card uh the other thing that's really interesting is a six can be a nine you just go i turn it upside yeah, down and yeah, yeah. That that's was, that's what that is so, <laughs> so so yeah anyway that was a really uh enjoyable game and i want a lot more plays of that that i can see that being one of my top trick taking games absolutely so. cool the other game that we played real quick that i'll talk about is uh, another trick taker and it's from in my in my estimation one of the man of uh game design and that's thomas layman i mean he he of race to the race for the galaxy and uh 1846 and all those great games he had a a new trick taker out in 2023 called holly oak uh which is basically uh about the changing seasons and so you're going to be playing cards and you have to follow the current season but if you can't if you play the next season like if you're if you're starting out in spring and you play a summer card then you basically change the season all of a sudden within the trick and so like following those those ways that the to win and the way that the and trick that works. became trump yes you exactly yes. you know if it was spring and you played summer summer became trump yeah, yeah. and you can't take uh so basically you can't uh you can't sh- jump to from spring to winter, for example, um, but you can kind of slowly progress through the seasons as you play if you can't follow. And so it gets really interesting. And that's another one where you have to bid for tricks. So you really got to be careful with uh, with what you take. So uh, it's just another great r- wrinkle. The only thing that I would say is it's a small card deck, um, a call, small card box. Um, I think it's Real Grande that produces the game. And um, what I would recommend is having a big printout of the season so you can move the marker to what season you're in every time because that part of it gets really hard to follow otherwise. But everything else is, is really great about the game. And I, I really like the wrinkle. I always like bidding trick games and then kind of being able to throw a wrench in people's plans by changing the season and, and not being able to take what you thought you could. Yeah, definitely. That's Holly Oak. You know what, Chad, I'm going to throw one more in real quick of a trick taking game. Uh, so this is still on Chad's. This is not on my, this me. doesn't I, count for you. No, it doesn't count right, for me. Gotta, this gotta, is gotta. still Chad's and that's Lunar. You guys oh, both yeah, got yeah, the yeah. chance to play a little Lunar. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. that's yeah. right. I mean, Chad and I were crushing until all of a sudden me and Missy came online. We finally figured it out. We we had a rough start (laughs) for sure. Yeah, this Uh, is one of the ones in the recent Kickstarter from All Play. Yes, Yes. absolutely. This game was really a lot of fun. It's normally in a trick-taking game, you're going to play a card that's going to have like a suit and it's going to have a number on it. Where in Lunar, it's a team game. And so your teammate is either going to play a number or a suit 
And then you are going to either play the opposite of that. So instead of just one person having the suit and the number, your team kind of comes up with that suit and the number. And once again, this is one of these games where you're trying to make tricks. And if you don't, if you like only get like one or two tricks or whatever, you're going to score some points. But if you end up scoring like, say, five or six tricks, you don't get any points at all. And then if you start to get too many, like if you get up to like a 10 or 11 tricks, you also don't score. So you're trying to hit that sweet spot to score points. Plus, some of the cards had some uh, additional points on them if you won those uh, those tricks. And I don't know. It was just kind of a really unique way to play a little kind of a team trick-taking game. And I've actually shown it to like three or four different people, you know, and every single one of them, everybody's liked the game. I think it's kind of a cool and interesting way to do a trick-taker. What I found interesting is that you can only have two people on the team start, right? Like start mm-hmm. off tricks if you win, basically. And so uh, that was kind of interesting. And the other thing is that you passed cards. And so you're, the strategy of what you want to pass in that game is kind yeah, of I'm, interesting. I'm still lost on what the strategy is there. I mean, I had a little bit like I thought, you know, if I am going last, you know, like if you were leading, I was trying to keep like the stars. Yeah, the point cards. The point mm-hmm. cards, you know, so at least I had some maybe some. Uh, you some know, agency and control. Some control in it. Exactly. Yeah. Where. Uh, it obviously didn't work for Chad and I as we were crushing. <laughs> well, I mean, you guys, guys well, I he, think you guys were like five points away, like in the second round from winning the game. And then I think we scored four points. Clef, Clef yeah. looked over, Clef looked over and he just went, oh, oh I shouldn't <laughs> have done that. Yeah, I know. I, I know I made some mistakes in it. But, but uh, if you like trick-taking games and especially team trick-taking games, I'd say this is definitely one to check out. Uh, yeah, yeah, very cool. I was surprised because uh, we, uh, I hadn't heard as much about Lunar as Bacon because it was in that grouping of, yep, of yep. games. And so it was nice to play that one and realized that that was a really good one too. Yeah, sure. Yeah, that whole Kickstarter, I think pretty much every game in there I've, I've enjoyed at some point. Or, yeah, we you played know, to Maury too, and Maury's a little bit kind of wonky, wonky with some X dice and stuff, but I, I still think it's a nice variant yeah. to have in your yeah. collection to mess around with. Definitely. Yeah, I, I did try. I, I don't know if, if Sale was part of that Kickstarter group. No, it, it was not. I don't think so. I, I, think, I thought it was Pies so. as the other trick. Yeah, pies. yeah, okay. Pies. Yep. So Sale was a different one. Because I did, I tried Sale, which is kind of a cooperative trick-taking Two-player, right? Yep. Uh, Two-player trick-taking. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's two-player cooperative. And I just, I don't know. Tr- cooperative trick-taking just didn't doesn't work for me i don't know so. well you liked it a lot this is a long time ago so a different clef but <laughs> yeah. you liked it when which it was, clef was that two you, point you liked two it when you played two the clue yeah. the crew the crew, yeah. the crew. Uh, but yeah two player trick-taking games are it's touch yeah, and go yeah i just didn't yeah i played it with missy and neither one of us we were like uh, although there's supposed so. to be um that new jekyll and hyde so the same company that put out jekyll and hyde they're doing another jekyll and hyde i think in Scotland Yard? Yes. I don't think oh, it's yeah. come over to the U.S. yet. But yeah, it's like that's Jekyll supposed versus to be Scotland Yard something or something like that. Like that's that. supposed to be really good, and yeah. that's a two-player cooperative. They, it uh, seems trick, they, trick they, they've balanced it a little bit more with yeah. how you how you take tricks. So, yeah, that, that, that sounds cool. Okay. Well, so we talked about some really quick trick-taking games. Well, we started off by talking about a cooperative game here, then trick-taking games. Now we're going to talk about a very long game. And that is uh, the new GMT release, Tonto Manta, and that's The Rise of Ferdinand and Isabella. Um, This is kind of a, the next game in the line of the original game of Here I Stand. Maybe you guys have heard of Here I Stand. Mm -hmm. And Here I Stand is a three to six player game. 
And they've kind of taken that same world and they've moved it into a four-player game. Now, I only got to play Here I Stand one time and absolutely loved it. But obviously, the, the problem with it is it's a lot of rules, a lot of time is, a, is a really the big investment in it, it. It's like at least an eight-hour game, and I think you even want like six players most of the time with that? Um, well, we pl- first time I ever played Here I Stand, it was with three players. Um, you can three players is okay because you can each take two factions on but of course that's a lot of work taking on two factions so then the next option is to play six players which it's kind of hard sometimes to say hey do you want to come play a six player game that's going to take 10 hours to play (laughs) most people aren't really into that you know this is true um of course i am but anyways so that's here i stand so they tried to make it into a four-player game so it's a little bit easier now this you have to be four players there is really i mean i it may have had uh, NPCs to be able to place the other factions, but you really want to play this in four players. Sounds like another game we might be talking about later. So, uh, it de- definitely. Uh, <laughs> definitely does not have NPCs. But um, this one, one player is going to play uh, Spain, which is going to be Ferdinand and Isabella. One player is going to be playing kind of the French. One player is playing um, kind of Portugal. And then one player is playing the kind of Islamic uh, faction that's coming out of Africa upwards. So you know, so, uh, Pax are in there for a second. So yeah, well, I mean, there is a lot of that to this. I mean, there's <laughs> reformations and there's all kind of there's marrying people. Um, so in this game, you're uh, you're going to get a hand of cards, and the cards are going to have events on them, and they're going to have action points on them. And so then you've got a bunch of chits all over the board that are your armies that you can move to fortify things and you can go to attack your opponents um you can play uh different things to get favor like kind of with the papal states you know to get uh you know kind of their blessing you can also do things to marry people like in spain i was able to marry off some of my people that got me different ways to score points and everything that you're doing you're able to score points I can go, like as Spain, I was able to go explore like the Canary Islands and like, the different places as Portugal. They could go explore the New World. Um, just has It's a very vast, huge game. Now, that being said, there's a lot of stuff to it. And I'm telling you, if you don't have somebody who's really knowledgeable about what the rules, and you know, I had great Joe Farrell there to be able to kind of lead us through it, it would be a tough game to kind of it's it's tough to get into because there's so much going on and there's so many options on every single time you know every card that you play of what you can do yeah that rule book looked like it's a monster uh (laughs) yeah which joe said you know compared to here i stand i mean the rule book is longer you know it's bigger than the than here i stand which you wouldn't think so you'd think but so i've heard a lot of people say that they feel like it's a little bit more just a little bit more complex than here I stand, which seems weird. Like, why did they make it more complex? I would have liked maybe to see them make it a little more simpler. So maybe you could get this played a little bit faster than say here I stand. But that being said, I still enjoyed this game. I really liked it. Uh, I want to play it again. I know Joe's been uh, trying to get another game to of it together. And uh, I'm, I'm excited to play it again. I just wish I could maybe get, games in a little bit you know and it does have where you can play like the long campaign you can play like a medium and you can play like a short but we played over the course of two days i think we played about eight to nine hours 
and I think we finished basically like two rounds of the thing, like <laughs> wow. two to three wow. rounds. Yeah. Wow. I mean, it can take yeah. a while I, for sure. I, I yeah, could Joe asked me if I had sex. Yeah. In that time, sure. <laughs> Joe asked me if I had any interest in playing, and uh, after I saw his post on uh, the Discord about how long the rounds were, I was like, ah, you know, I'll, I think I'll sit out. <laughs> <laughs> I mean. Here's my thing. Just just go play Pax Ren. <laughs> oh, no, I mean, literally you. everything you were describing. I was like, you know, Papal States and like, yeah. We're before, about Pax Ren here. before we move on, let me ask you this. I I, I want to know. Um, here I stand is the Protestant Reformation, which to me is really interesting. Uh, is this theme interesting to you? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I mean, this is kind of the rise of Ferdinand and Isabella, but it goes through. I mean, what's what's kind of neat about it is. As the game goes on, there are um, mandatory events that happen. Like, even if you don't draw them out of the deck, at the end of a round, they're like, go get these out of the deck and activate their mandatory ones. So eventually, like, Ferdinand and Isabella will die, and then their children will then take over. And, like, uh, uh, Jake was playing the Ottomans, you know, kind of the, the Islamic one, and they had people dying, and they would get replaced by different people. And I thought that was just really, I mean, the whole landscape of it is very cool. The other thing that I did really like was uh, I kept sending Joe to fight foreign wars like he was France and he'd have to go like take care of these other wars. And so you'd keep sticking him with that. So then he couldn't be doing things to like protect his own borders because he was off having to fight these different wars. I thought the theme was just fantastic. I mean, I loved it. I, yeah, it I loved cool. every moment of it. So, yeah. Now, I don't know if you said this. Did you guys actually finish the game? Uh, d- d- define finish. <laughs> like, well, and I don't, I don't know if you said this. Anyway, you get to the end of the game, and there's a winner. Oh, um, I mean, in the winner, um, uh, no, no, yeah. you did not. I mean, you said you only I mean, played. We did. We said, hey, we're going to end at this at the no, end of this round. You, yeah. So you ended okay. the game, but the yes. game itself had not ended. So you had two rounds, right? Two full rounds. I don't know. How many rounds three or four are there rounds? usually? I don't remember. Okay. Uh, I think it was seven. Okay, so you play less seven. than a third of the game. But like I said, we played the full game. Like we started from the very beginning and gotcha. worked all the way. So you could play a shorter one. Okay, it it's good. All right, I'm just telling God, you, it's very, I believe you. Yeah, very yeah, yeah, yeah. good game. So just, by that rationale, though, you played a third of the game in about eight or nine hours. So maybe 24 hours would be a full game. No, I think once we got better at it, it would go faster. Okay, cool, cool. Ugh, all right, moving on. So anyways, that was Tonto Manta, The Rise of Ferdinand and Isabella. And it was uh, it's by Carlos Diaz, and it's uh, GMT Games. Nice, oh, nice. nice. Very cool. Well, what, Richie, can Richie you, what uh, do you yeah, want to talk well, about? in the middle here of uh, these games? Well, Chad was talking about fast games. You're talking about a super long game. Uh-huh. I'm going to talk about a game that's fast. Okay. About a slow animal. Yeah, there you go. I like wow. it. I that? like your seg- wow. segue. That's, That's the segue. Best, best segue. segue right there. <laughs> uh, so we got to play Fast Loss. Uh, this was, I, don't know, I think you were at Beetlejuice or something. We're, oh, Beetlejuice was so good. Yeah. Or was uh, it Jesus Christ Superstar? It might have been Jesus Christ Superstar. I don't yeah, know. You, I think it was Jesus Christ Superstar that I went to see. Clef that, was anyways, still yeah. not saved. But anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so Clef was out. So it was just uh, uh, Chad, Josh, and myself. Uh, and Chad had a copy of Fast Loss from uh, I think Michelle. I think it was Michelle's copy, right? Yep, yep. Yeah. We borrowed it from Michelle. Uh, and that's a game that I've I've always heard good things about. I, and I'm not a huge Freedom and Freeze fan. Uh, like I I love him as a designer, but 
a lot of his games just don't mix well with me. They're kind of theory theoretical games, and then yes, when you play, like them, I, it's like oh. yeah, like I love he's out there designing games. I just don't like most of them. <laughs> but, right. Right. Um, uh, but I want to try Fast Locks. It's supposed to be just a you know a fast family weight racing game essentially. Uh, and in the game, uh, the theme of the game is that you are a sloth and uh, you you have to get your I think it's eight uh, leaves, uh, but you're too lazy to to go get them yourself so you're trying to get other animals to take you around to carry you around to pick up and deliver game uh except you you are the the goods basically and you're delivering yourself to the, the different uh leaps uh but in the game the way that it works is that uh at the very beginning you'll pick six different animals uh that are going to be in the game uh, i think we played the basic game uh so whatever you know whatever those six animals are uh, but each animal has a different way that they move and then also a different terrain that they can move on uh, but the way that a round works is on your turn you're going to draft some of the cards from the the different uh, species that are out there and then you're going to move the sloth uh, and so just depends on what cards you play um, and what animal you're using but every animal is a little different so like there's an alligator it has to stay adjacent to the river on the board there's ants um and basically you want to get the ants like in a line and they'll carry the sloth across the hexes and so um but i mean that's really it you'll, you'll play those cards and then that's essentially the end of your turn um but it was a, a really cool game as far as like the, the way that the different animals interacted out there um and just that race to the different corners of the board to get your eight different uh, leaves and also the cool thing about it is as you get your leaves onto your board it will change how many cards you can draw and how many cards you can play in a round or also how how your hand size your hand size because you right. can't hold too many you have yeah, to so like draw and then discard yep. that gets really interesting and we played like a, a friendly like a setup variant just because yeah. we hadn't really I hadn't read the directions in a while, so I didn't want to get too wonky with it. But um, it, there's the potential there to be moving each other's animals around. Like you plan, mm. okay, I'm going to do this. And then all of a sudden somebody takes your elephant and slingshots themselves across the board. And <laughs> yeah. So it's 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 kind of fun. Kind of like a quick station fall. Yeah, <laughs> sure. <laughs> Nobody punts the dog, okay? Yeah. Uh, but it was a solid game. And, I, and um, it's out of print. I, the copy we were playing was a stronghold uh, copy um but i believe if i saw it correctly uh, 2f games is going to be putting out an international um copy here pretty soon that it will be available in europe but obviously you'll be able to probably track it down here in the u.s as well so okay so a fast loss oh, yeah i, I enjoyed oh, it quite a bit okay. definitely worth checking out it is a great a family weight game that you can you as a gamer can enjoy with your family yes that's always nice yep. okay cool hey i just want to make sure that uh, if, if if nobody knows this, we have a con coming up. We do coming have quick. a con coming up. I mean, it's up. coming up very quick. Yes. Um, and oh boy, you should see the, uh, I'm so excited. I'm so excited about this trophy for uh, the sporting <laughs> tournament. Oh my God. <laughs> I'm so we excited. Even, we don't even have a soundboard, <laughs> man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, you need to talk about the Patreon too then? <laughs> uh, speaking of Patreon though, we've got some new people. Yes, we do. Um, so we have Ernesto Jimenez uh, that has joined us. So we really appreciate it. Thank you, Ernesto. And Chad, who else do we have? 
Uh, Yassine Bikuch. I, I, I apologize if that's wrong. I'm 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 trying to do my best, but Yassine, thank you so much uh, for for also becoming a Patreon. And then just uh, as we always say to all of our listeners, um, for those that that uh, support us e- either monetarily or just by listening or spreading um, spreading the word or giving us reviews on uh, Apple uh, Apple podcasts that's always really helpful too any way you support us uh we appreciate it but thank you to our new patreons yes we very much appreciate it so i can buy trophies for skulking tournaments <laughs> and soundboards and maybe because totally soundboard. soundboard. slightly more important uh anyways back to uh good old PPCon coming uh coming up quick here so um as of this recording i think there are three rooms that are still available so Ooh. we have three room so if you if you want to come you better be quick about it because i like i said i don't know if i can get more rooms if we do sell out i certainly can go ask but at this moment in the building that we have it in we have three rooms available so and then also if you are coming hopefully you're on the discord too because we'll we'll be talking to you that way i mean we can we can do other things too if you have uh, an email you you have questions you can do things that way but it's always great if you're on the discord because we'll talk about our library we'll have signups for the events like the the um, uh, the ready set bet tournament and the skull king tournament and we might be doing some stuff with uh, dual boy if we can we'll see um, so those kinds of things uh i know uh jake is gonna be running the uh, math trade again uh, yep. this year and i know aaron threw up the the link to the uh flea market yeah, yeah so the, all good exciting things absolutely so it should be an amazing time as always and uh we hope to see everybody that can be there and those that are coming we can't wait to see you so that's it there we go well now we have the business of Ooh. a review a are we little doing bit a of review? a review yeah a review. all right i'm i'm excited Let's this do is it. uh yeah I, okay this is where we do the the Godfather theme right <laughs> <laughs> there better oh, there be Godfather go. music right here Richard. I'm gonna be oh, okay now <laughs> I'm gonna get a new editor I'm gonna talk to Ryan about <laughs> hey, editing I I highly encourage this <laughs> yeah exactly he's like oh don't tempt me uh, you know what uh, really I think I think you know when you uh, when you do this opener please I'm expecting um, Italian Mickey Mouse <laughs> ooh. <laughs> Well, little voices, huh? <laughs> I wasn't prepared, but you know, hey, a true actor can just you're, improv. You're, you're at, always at the, prepared. Yeah, moment, true. Yes. At least one that would win their high school uh, acting award. Hey, did I ever tell you that I won my high school uh, best actor <laughs> award? <laughs> How many actors have come out of that school? Really? <laughs> That's a great question. <laughs> Two. <laughs> Probably none. <laughs> All right, so uh, so the game we're going to be talking about, is, like I said, is La Familia, The Great Mafia War. Uh, the game design is from Maximilian Marie, Maria Thiel, and then um, it is from uh, Fuhrerland, and here in the States was printed from Capstone Games. I need you to do me a favor. What can I do for you, sir? I need you to go over to that other area there, and I need you to take out all the other family. Take them out however you can, whether it's the guns or whether it's a car bomb. You need to take them out. Yes, sir, right away. We'll get it done. Take the drugs. <laughs> leave, the, leave the cannolis. <laughs> 
Uh, sorry, that's the best I could come up with. <laughs> no, I appreciate yeah, it. It's great. And uh, our editor will decide what gets cut. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. So, La Familia, The Great Mafia War is a four-player game, period. It has to be a four-player, and you're going to play two versus two. So, you're going to be on a team with one of these players, and you're each going to be running your own family in Sicily. Um, and... Basically, at this point, the game is going to be an, a worker placement action selection that you're going to be pulling these uh, discs off and, and taking different actions. And the actions can be putting out soldiers on the board. It can be uh, getting more soldiers into kind of like your headquarters so that you can put more soldiers out there. It can be putting out drug labs. It can be putting out... Um, like uh, speedboats or car bombs, and it can also be um, helping you get money because certainly there's a lot of money in this game. But you're also going to be trying to take discs off of your kind of individual player board that will make some of these actions better uh, that we just kind of talked about. Um, while you're doing that, kind of trying to set yourself up, you're also going to be putting out orders. And these orders will just little little pieces of cardboard that will have different things on them and it might have an attack on it. It may just have something to get you money. It might have a defense. Those you're going to be secretly putting out on your family out on this board. And the way that you're going to be winning this game is with you and your teammate, you're going to control six areas on the map of Sicily. Uh, you can actually win the game also if just if you by yourself have five of these areas controlled, uh, but otherwise with your partner, you know, with your teammate, you got to have six areas under control. And these orders are going to be doing things trying to take over different areas from your opponents. Um, and then, like I said, so then once we finish with the worker placement section, we then go into the kind of do the orders section. And then that is simply, you're just flipping over the orders and then you're you're doing these orders in lowest number to highest number. And that is such an important part of the game because if I have an order that says, goes over and like I'm trying to target Chad's, you know, uh, family and trying to kill his kind of his soldiers. If I have like say a four on my number and maybe Chad has an order there, but he has a six on his, if I wipe him out, he doesn't even get to do his order. It's just gone, mm -hmm. which is so devastating. Especially you got something you're like, oh, I'm so excited to do this. And then boom, all of a sudden you don't have your order there. And it also makes player order so important. And the cool thing in this game is no matter what, you, if like say if Chad and I were teammates, let's say I went first, I'd go first then say Richie would go, then Chad would go, and then Richie's teammate would go. You never go next to each other. So it's, it's, it's not like you can like kind of almost combo a move together because there's always going to be one of the other teammates in between it. But it also makes it where, you know, Chad might be like, God, I really want to go first. But I'm thinking, gosh, I really want to go first because I want to be before Richie. And so player order, really, really important in the game. Uh, you're going to play four rounds or somebody could win at the end of a round, uh, you know, by one of the instant victories. Otherwise, at the end of four rounds, then you just say whoever has the most territories between the two teammates wins the game. And if there's a tie, there's one spot on the board, uh, Barante, that is in the, the center. In the center, that whoever controls that, they're the team that wins. So there you go. That is La Familia. All right, guys, where well, we all start off uh, arts and component. What do you guys think of that? 
I I really liked the art style. The art style, if you would read that name off, I think it's right on the on the on there. Weberson Santiago. Yes, Weberson Santiago. Weberson Santiago like even has a print. Too, yeah. He has a print uh, for the BGG artists. Uh, I, I I'm not sure which one, but it, it's one of at least one of those up there. Oh, and okay. he's done. I think he's done stuff for uh, the one where you bury people in the bloody in bloody the bloody in. Yeah. Uh, so it's that art style if you're familiar with it. And I really like it in this because again, it's not a nice game. So like the jagged lines, the vibrant colors because it's you know really the map and stuff is a bright yellow and bright greens like it's very vibrant and i think that's great you know it just kind of creates that energy and that that edginess to it yeah and i love the cover and the, i think the cover just embodies the game perfectly it's just uh, two guys just riding off with a, a house or probably that's probably the drug factory on fire behind them eh, you know who knows something it could yeah be, it could be either, you know yeah <laughs> but yeah i love the art uh love the production they did a fantastic job i like how s- simple i mean you I'm talking component wise to me they're not they didn't try to make little soldiers that couldn't stand up and follow they're just cubes mm-hmm. simple it's nice it's easy it's very easy to tell which section is which section you're not like looking at this map and going okay which is that it's very well done in that sense and to me that's a very very important thing when I'm playing a game is can yeah. I tell what I'm trying to do the other thing I appreciate I don't think I, I think rarely if any time have I said that capstone is overproduced or too expensive for what you get and even this is a little bit more than this is with the price of board games going up the retail price i think it's 79.99 but you get a lot of wood in this box Mm -hmm. um and so even with the price going up i felt like i got what i paid for with this game and that there's the little wooden or the little containers the cardboard boxes that everybody's pieces go into instead of baggies which was so great to have yeah yeah i mean yeah it's almost like an insert in the box right did such a nice job and and little touches too, like they have a map that you can kind of so with your teammate, you can point to stuff on the map like, hey, I need you to go over here yep, without that. having to show it on the board. Right. Um, and they also have uh, the orders like so everybody has like, you know, five basic orders and then you can get specialized orders. They even have sheets that you can see the other team's special orders, so you don't have to keep like, oh, what orders do you have type of thing like that, which is Just important little extra little as things. well. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Very important. So, yeah, when you're putting out your numbers, you need to know what your opponents have. Could possibly, yes. yeah. yeah. So, oh, could that be their number two? You know, yeah. I don't know if I want to put my three there. Yep, exactly. Yeah, this, uh, we'll get to gameplay in a second, but this evoked that, like, to me, the sweatiness of Tammany Hall, like uh, the blind bidding and like, oh my God, what are we going to do? You know, what are you doing? How do we, how, how do we do this? And then in the most subtle way possible. And... Well, we'll get to this in a second, but there's the uh, Princess Bride Land War in Asia mechanism. Oh, that's <laughs> yeah. right. That is one of the best parts <laughs> the best of the game, parts right? Of the game. I wish you had to do it more. I mean, I feel like you don't do it enough in the game. I wish we could do it right, more. Right, yeah. It would be nice if we could do it more. Yeah. yeah. We'll, we'll get to that in a second. Uh, rule book, I thought, was pretty well laid out. I will say, because there's a lot of different orders and kinds of orders in this game, that it's not, for what the game is, it's not a small rule book. It's pretty in-depth, but there's lots of examples, and it spells things out pretty well. And there's a lot of symbology, but once you get it down, I, ju- I did not feel like I needed to go to the rule book all that often. Right. I, I would agree. I mean, because on the orders, especially, there is a yes. lot of different uh, yeah, symbology that you have to kind of learn. But I think, like you said, once you get it, not all that big of a deal whatsoever. And, and rule book wise, um, I think it's fairly easy to learn the game from the rule book. Like you said, I mean, yes. I, I, 
the first time I ever played this game, somebody taught it to me. And then I think the next time that I went to play it, I was like, I got it. I may have gotten a few rules wrong. You just know? a couple. I mean, just, a few, just a couple. Just but, a few important uh, rules. Yeah. But anyways, uh, we've got them sorted out. It's all yeah. good. Yeah. When you taught me, I think yeah, I... So. I mean, I think halfway through the game, I got all the rules. And that, so, yeah, that was good, yeah. Exactly. I remember that. Hey, that's, hey, that's what friends are for. That's why you play games with friends, so they can tell you what rules you're playing wrong. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's talk about those mechanisms. I mean, I, I brought it up, so I'll start. I mean, so there are two ways when you get into a battle with somebody that you can fight it out with them. You can either uh, brute force it or you can finesse it, right? Sure. And so when you brute force it, you're going to lose more guys, but you're sure that you're going to take out what you're the ones that you're going to take out. Yeah, you're so, going to win for sure. Yep. Yeah. So this is kind of uh, this is kind of the way that you're going to do it most of the time because you will uh, you will want to make sure that you can you've planned ahead to do what you can do. But let's say um, I didn't my number was uh, lower or excuse me, my number was higher than somebody else's. So they decimated some of the troops that I thought I was going to have. And now I can't afford to to brute force it. Then that would be when I'd need to finesse it. Well, we all have three cards in our hand. Uh, one of them is a a, tr- a turncoat, basically. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that that means that um, it, the one of your guys will go to the other side, basically. Well, one of their guys will come to your side. Right. Yeah. Right. yeah. Yes. Sorry. One of their guys will come to your side or you have like a one person leaving, I uh-huh. think. One person leaving or two people. Leaving. Or two people leaving. Mm-hmm. So there's only one good card there usually, basically. And you will set a card in front of you and the other person will set a card in front of them. So, Chad, why would you not always play the good card where it's going to make their person turn into yours? Because that person can choose to take the card oh. that is in front of you. Uh-huh. So it's the it's exactly like I talked about that Princess Bride scene. Mm-hmm. Uh, clearly, I cannot take the cup in front of you because <laughs> you have decided you've known that I would, you know, so uh-huh. and 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 you are actually just i mean you can't not role play it i mean you can't talk you can't not talk talk through your decision making process Uh, i will tell you i have never seen ryan brockman so like he was like sweating one yeah. time sitting here trying to make a decision he lost five He's, pounds in yeah, it seriously like, I, I, I can't do it i can't do it and, and, the, and clef would make it even better because he would take me out of the room like when i was going to face off with him and he go come here chad you got it we're going to talk this through you know like there's some big strategy plan that we're going to have with this you know it, it just it really lends itself to that and it's it's great uh one it's one of the reasons that if you have uh, uh, a five uh, a four player group that you would you would normally play with this is a great game if you like that kind of conflict and back and forth yeah definitely i mean this game has just some really cool aspects to it and normally i'm not a big uh team game player um and like for instance you know like uh guardians of the galaxy well, what is that game that Jake likes? <laughs> I don't know. Oh, uh, Guards of Atlantis? Yeah, oh, Guards. <laughs> oh, Jake's going to be mad at me. Um, <laughs> that one, I don't know, for some reason just didn't quite grasp me in the two-player, but this one for some reason just was much more my style, where I honestly, you're working together with your teammate, but it's not like you're having to sit there and talk every single move through because you're kind of playing your family and they're playing their family. So you don't have the 
as much, you know, like, oh, hey, should I, you know, want me to do this? Or, no quarterbacking, I guess. Like, okay, we'll go do this as opposed to doing this. You're kind of doing your own thing, and then occasionally you're kind of working with them. Who would you play guards so, with? Because I feel like that's guards of Atlantis as well. So, who's on your mean? team? I, played, I mean, well, Jake was on my team. I'm sure Jake just told it. him what to, what he was supposed to play because he was like, I don't know what I'm doing. Uh, Jake doesn't do that. I, I probably see Jake doing that. I, we first time I played it, we played three three versus three, and so okay. I just I don't know. I, I, Clef, I all Clef remembers is that need... he didn't want to be he didn't want to be the talking tree or the human raccoon. <laughs> <laughs> I probably shouldn't say this on air because now Jake's going to be all over me. But I probably should, should try it again. again. Yeah. I, mean, <laughs> I know you like it a lot. I know yep. Joe likes it a lot. So I, I probably should try it again. But anyways, hey, let's get back to Lafayette. Let's get back. To it. All right. Um, so as I said, I think that I, I really like the team aspect in it. But I love the fact that those orders with those numbers on them, kind of as I was describing, I love the cat and mouse of, oh, did he put his low number out there? So I should put my low number somewhere else. You know, do they think I'm going after this area where really I'm going to do this? And like there's like there's speed boats that you can use. So you can like instead of just kind of attacking right where you're next to, you can actually hop on the speed boat and zip around. Uh, I mean, there's car bombs in here. I mean, it, there's there's just so many little cool aspects to this game that I just find so fascinating in like just a little package. And it's it's not a long game. I mean, you're probably going to be playing it for two, well, two and a half hours. Except I mean, for that game you played with Ryan. Well, that okay. was a long game. That, but yeah, but that it, was it, it, all Ryan's fault. Ryan, yeah, no, I know. Like I know. He was, he was well, crying that's because he sweating. spent 30 minutes trying to decide which <laughs> yeah. card to play. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's just Brockman. Yeah. But... Uh, I agree with you. I also think the the order the worker placement spots mm-hmm. that's a really nice give and take too because you you're constantly wanting to take certain spots, but you also don't want to always leave stuff open so that somebody else could uh, clear out a row basically mm-hmm. and oh, get extra right. actions out of it. Uh, there's kind of a mechanism where you can kind of get more efficient actions. Yeah. So where the discs are that you're actually pulling off to take the actions, one of the actions that you can take is remove all the discs in the row and you almost, you kind of get a better action because it gets you to take off a bunch of your discs on your board and you get to do other stuff. So that's a really good action, but it's expensive when there's a lot of discs there. So you want to be real careful. You don't want to leave just one disc on a spot for somebody to be able to do kind of a cheaper action. So, yeah. So you're right. That's kind of another cool aspect of it. And each round, because you add discs a lot of the times, each round there comes more and more action spots that kind of are available for you to take. Yeah, but like you said, it it is exp- it can be expensive, and money is super tight in this game. Oh, super tight. I mean, a lot of times you just don't have money. <laughs> and yeah. there's uh, been several times where Joe would be like, uh, how much money you got over there, Richie? And he'd look behind it the shield and you just kind of look <laughs> down and then yeah and just, <laughs> just be quiet again and it's yeah there's a not it, it there 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 are player shields too so i think we were playing with poker chips and i was really careful to try to clank my two chips around and <laughs> make it loud. sound like a lot more chips hopefully <laughs> and, and you can your teammate can give you money but every dollar that they give you they have to pay a dollar to the bank yeah so rough. it's really expensive to loan your teammate money now you can also use your orders as money but obviously, every time you use an order, that's one less order that you could potentially put out on the board. 
Yeah. So it's, which with, you know, your, with your beginning ones, it's not that big of a deal. There's right. a couple There's that a you can throw away yeah, pretty easily. Throw a few but no, it is yeah. tough. It's a tough decision, yeah. though. Some of the orders, too, are face down their research resources. Like, so you think you might think somebody has a tile and you're like, oh, they're going to attack me. I'm just not I'm not going to move in there or you, I don't right. know what they have. And then the, the, that flips over and instead it's resources. And at the time, maybe you're, you know. Whew, I kind of escaped it, but also then they're building up a huge force there too. So it's kind of uh, that's kind of a cat and mouse, a cat and mouse piece as well. And the one of the other things I went because I kind of talked about it's area control, and you're trying to control these different, you know, these different regions. But each region has three sectors to it, and to control it, you only can have to control two of the three. So literally, I could have one cube on two different areas of the, or two different of these sectors and you know richie could have 20 cubes on one of them and i still control that area and he can't use those cubes unless he puts out an order that uses them to attack and so once again i just find that it's a brilliant thing it's not like just if you just got to activate all of your cubes every single round it just wouldn't be that interesting mm. what makes it so interesting is the fact you've got to use those actions to put out orders out on the board but yet you also want to still do all that other stuff you know you want to get out the drug labs you want to get out the uh speed boats and the car bombs and all that kind of stuff so the other thing that's great about controlling a sector is each round if you control a whole sector you're going to get extra actions that you can have too and that kind of feels good along with your player board i mean i remember when we were playing and people were unlocking certain orders the first time you were like oh you you've got that order that seems like a that's ridiculous that's such a great order you know because mm -hmm. not all of the uh player boards are symmetrical necessarily either so oh yeah there's a really mm -hmm. nice uh a, a nice ownership of your particular game and the, your style right, of play. Right. And there, there is actually six families that are in the game and you can rotate using those. Cause obviously it's always just going to be four players. So there is a little bit of variability. And like you said, each faction has a small difference in how, what it's really good in and, and kind of how, how you mm -hmm. use it. Yeah. And the orders are all very different depending on which family. I would really say like the only thing missing for me is like a, first player cannoli marker would be really <laughs> awesome we, we can make that happen next so, time there you go i like that i'm, I'm pretty sure ryan could make us uh, yeah. some you know, awesome. yeah. Brockman, yeah. yeah all right <laughs> all right uh so move into well i don't think we have to talk about player count uh no. it's good at four it's good at four and, uh, four there yeah, is a there two is player, a two player yeah, variant. I, say, I saw you, there was a two player variant. You get nothing mm. fun out of that because you're just you're not going back and forth with your teammate. It was fan made, yeah. right? Though, uh, if I saw it correctly, I was gonna say, I don't I'm think pretty sure it was on BGG as a fan made one. There is nothing in the book. Yeah. yeah, I suppose you could do a two player with you just controlling two factions, but I it, that would just not be very fun to me. Right. I mean, if you're desperate, I mean, okay, if you're desperate, yeah. All right, well. But who knows? I'm, I'm it could be desperate. terrible. Okay. Um, well, maybe not with board not with that. Yeah. Desperate. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> not uh, not with that. Sponge trumpet three two two. Oh boy. Oh boy. Um, it's this reminds me of the days when uh, Ryan used to call me the sheriff for the sheriff Nottingham game. I'm gonna have a new nickname here. Um, anyways, um, sheriff Sponge trumpet. He lives in a, he lives in a pineapple under the sea, doesn't he? <laughs> sheriff Sponge trumpet. <laughs> anyways. Um, Let's talk about uh, replayability and uh, variability. I think it's great in this game, especially with the the fact that you have the different families that with their different orders. Like Chad's uh, the family last time we played, 
was particularly good at car bombs. So, I mean, he could be extremely aggressive. There's some that are more defensive. So I, I just the mixture of the families coming in, um, I think their replayability is is there for sure. And just, I mean, the gameplay itself, um, not necessarily like the setup isn't going to be different, but just the actual gameplay itself and how things play out depends on, you know, the how aggressive the players are, how, you know, all that sure. different types of things. So right. uh, I think it's great in this game. I would say the the variability is moderate to me. Sure. Okay. Mm-hmm. But to me, this is a game that if you have a four player group that plays, let's say weekly, that once a month you bust this out and you have a story at the end. You remember that time where you thought you had me mm-hmm. and we put down that card yep. and then you tr- you took my card and I was like, oh yeah, 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 you're not going to take it. You know, that, that yep. sort of thing. It's yep. that kind of story back and forth. So yeah, I would totally, I would very variability. Yeah replayability i mean i think i've played this probably 10 times in the past year and every game feels fresh and new it's so it just feels so different from the games before and absolutely yeah really great there so good all right, I think we're we're pretty good on this. I don't I don't think we've we've missed anything. Already the score. We can put a put a bow on it. Put right. a bow on it. And Richie, do you even remember? No, I don't. Have I really or? don't. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so at Punchboard Paradise, we rate on a six point scale, uh, with be with a six being a game that could be in your top ten of all time, and a one being a game that would make you miserable. Uh, Chad, why don't you get us started? Ooh. I'm going to give this game a solid five. I said when we played it and I was just kind of trying to get Clef's goat, but I said, this is a, this is almost like a coin game to me. Like this is a coin game. That's quick that I like. It's not, it's not quite the same thing. I mean, coin games have that partnership where you have to work together. And so that's what I was thinking of. And then there's the area control on, on, on a map. I would say though, if you do like coin games and you still like a game that doesn't, you know, some people like coin for the historical accuracy and, uh, some people just like it, that it is, uh, there's so much interaction and player interaction and ongoing decisions and having to work together and stuff like that. This doesn't have the historical uh, meat to it and accuracy, but it does have a lot of the other things that coin games have in spades, I feel like. And so, um, so that's why we were talking about it this way. It's not, it's not a, a historical war game, but it is great in the way that you have to work together. Again, I am really getting into those, partnership games like like that's why dune was so high up on my list this past uh past two months and uh so this is right up there with them and i couldn't possibly give it less than a five it's a a strong game and i will definitely be playing it more in the future nice all right richard what about you Uh, i'm also coming in at a five this this was close to being a six It, it is it may be like the perfect team game for sure but that that also holds it back a little bit just it being a four player only game that's hard to get out in my group uh, but I mean the gameplay itself I mean there's tension everywhere with the worker placement uh, with you know that whole the finesse uh, battle which I absolutely love um, but yeah it is a fantastic game and if you have a group of four that get together and you like that you know area control aggressive games uh, this is a perfect game for it uh, so a five from me okay so obviously I've I got to play this game quite a bit before you guys got to play it and I kept saying you guys got to play this game. It is so good. And I'm glad that when you finally got to play it, you guys both enjoyed it. Um, so this one came in, you know, pretty you know, came in, I think was my number two game for last year. Uh, really, you know, and, and honestly, just an expansion of Great Western Trail was, was number one. So really, it was my number one game of last year. And this actually hit in my top 25 of all time uh, when I did my thing. 
I'm going to flat out say this is a six for me. I think this game, for what it is, is absolutely one of is the for me the best game that I've played for like a two versus two type of game like this. I enjoy everything. I've enjoyed every single play. I love the cards. I love the orders. I there is not a thing about this game that I was like, gosh, I wish this was this way or I wish this was different. Everything about it, in my opinion, is just absolutely perfect. I will play this at any time. I'm still, even as much as I've probably, you know, played it, I still would like to get, I mean, really besides maybe Pax Ren's the only game that I would say right now, I'd rather get to the table right now than this game. So I got to give it a six. It is absolutely a perfect game for me. Wow. Well, there you have nice. it, Punch Punch. It's a five, five, and a six from Clef. There we go. La Familia. Good. Thank you, Capstone, for bringing this to America. That means it's draft time. Oh, boy. This is the weirdest <laughs> draft I've ever had to do. This is rough. Uh, yeah. Who who gave us this draft? You did. You did. <laughs> no, 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 no. This was somebody on the Discord that gave us this draft. Oh, was it? Yeah. Oh, I, I think it was. This was not me. Uh, I, I thought it was on the on the Discord. It looked like it said even look mustache cleft. Well, you're the one who brought it up to <laughs> us. Look at me, yes, because I found it on the Discord. All right. All right, let's go see who it was on the Discord. Well, here. while Clef is looking, I'm going to tell you, uh, for those that didn't catch it at the beginning, we are drafting our top three, is it? Top three. Four. Oh, excuse me. Top four. Our top four. It's like first time he's ever done a draft. And now, with well, this list, I may I, want to just draft yes, three. Yes, exactly. That is why I said it. I knew how many it was. I was hoping you would acquiesce. Uh, no, these are games that are 5.9 or lower rated on BGG. Patrick Umbridge. Yeah, he, he actually wanted us to do 5.0 or no, less. No, sorry, Patrick. No. Can't do it. Impossible. Too low. Uh, you're welcome to. It would have been a bunch of games I didn't know. Yeah. yeah. You're welcome to tell us yours, but I couldn't do it. Yeah. So we had to modify that a little bit. We, 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 I mean, we're still in the five. We're, yeah. we're just 5.9. We're all still pretty bad games. Um, <laughs> and I had one where when I searched it in the advanced search, it showed at 5.9. But then when I clicked on it and you go to, to the actual BGG page, it, you know, that little whatever the color uh-huh. is for it, it showed up as six. Oh, and I was, it's, out. Ah, it's out. It's out. So I had to take it out. And that it's was out. my favorite game. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's real rough. <laughs> all right. Um, uh, Oh, I don't know if we're going to have any dice here. Let's have uh, let's have freshmen. Let's have freshmen pick uh, pick one of us to start. That's fine, and then we'll go around the horn. Oh, there we go. Okay. Well, in both of your defenses, you being Chad and Richie, I have voted for Clef's drafts more than either of you. So Clef will start, so that way you know the case that you need to pitch to beat him. Okay. Fair fair enough. Right. That's what I like to hear. Oh my god. All right, so um, Richie, do we need to say how we draft here? It's been so oh yeah, I guess it. I, I mean, we did put out an episode last month. I don't know why <laughs> we're acting just, like we haven't recorded. It just feels really rusty. <laughs> Two weeks later, and I've already forgotten how to do everything. Uh, so at Punchboard Paradise, we like unique lists. That's why we draft, and we are going to do a serpentine draft, which all that means is if you draft last in the first round, you're going to draft first in the second round, and uh, Clef is going to get us started. Hopefully, he does not take one of the six games i have on my list well, here no my number kidding. one is 100% is a game that all three of us have played together it is a game that our good friend ben maddox has made a little voiceover for us on the podcast because i used to refer to this game as the game with the wooden 
Campbell. Oh, this did not pop up I on my list. Mogul, 5.8. I see 6.5. I don't think that. Whoa, yeah, whoa, whoa, whoa. Mine not. said 5.8. Uh, it says right here. Isn't this what we're looking at? What? No, that's a different one. Yeah. Um, Hold on. All right. Well, listen. Let's, let's see. If cheating I'm, already. I, that's what it said was 5.8. 6.8. 6.8. Oh, you got to take it off your list. Okay. Well, guess what? Well, that would have been on my list, but we, now it's off. We won't skip you, and you can have another one. So, okay. Well, I, I think that's I, being gracious. That's uh, yeah. If you name I another one that's not a five-point something, yeah. you're, you're, you're done. At, yeah, you, I, you lose well, your first pick. I was pick. looking at the, just the list okay. of the things. I don't need I to know. I wonder if that's you know, the same whatever thing excuse you, you said you had. Whatever excuse yeah. you yeah. You said the same thing. Mine was off by point one. You're Well... You That's just, what it said. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna look it up here once I'm right. done giving a pick. Well, I don't even know after that. Okay. <laughs> That's um, the problem. All right, I am gonna go with. Doo -doo -doo -doo. We're gonna go with a little game called Journey to the Center of the Earth. Okay, are we checking that now? Before well, I we get now, we have I to mean, check all of yours. Should. Well, I'm gonna be checking every one of yours. <laughs> okay, great. You can do that. <laughs> All right, hold on. We're going to check and see if this is valid. Because I came in with a five-point... Journey to the center seven. of yeah, the earth? 5.7. 2008? Yeah. 6.3. Where are you guys getting your numbers On from? BGG. Right there. What are you talking about? Okay, he gets skipped, and Richie... Whoa, yeah, whoa, 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 This, whoa, is, this whoa. is the first. I'm, whoa, I'm sad right that no. it had to happen in no. front of uh, Ryan. So... <laughs> <laughs> where, I got, where are you, you don't guys get a first getting your ratings from? On BGG. Just, where are you I, getting I, your ratings here. from? Look at, look at this. Not there, though. I'm just looking at, all I did was type in 5.9 and less. I'm getting. I'm sorry that I haven't been around for a while to keep Clef accountable. Mm -hmm. uh, this is. I'm really. Sorry, it's quite guys. embarrassing. It's okay. honestly, yeah, it really is embarrassing. Part. So we're gonna let we're we're gonna skip we're gonna skip Clef's first pick. Richie is gonna get to go, and Clef will be able to check each one before he actually opens his mouth again. <laughs> I feel like I've gotten sent to my room without any dinner. <laughs> okay, Richie, uh, what do you right. got? Maybe this is why this was so much easier for me. I was like, you guys, it's not. There that are hard. no. There are not that many games. Yeah, there are not. Um, I'm this. This stuff. There's two games. There's one game that I thought would have been on Clef's list, but who knows what's on Clef's list now. Uh, but I'm going to go ahead and take five cucumbers. I don't like this game. <laughs> you do I, not. I will make that clear. Do yeah. not like this game. Don't like most of the games that I'm going to pick today. <laughs> but five cucumbers, you get um, little little pickle. You meatballs. do. Yes. So that, That's the best for that part. reason, um, it it's not a bad card game. It's a little trick-taking game where essentially you always you want to take the last trick so you are always playing your lowest card essentially until you get to the last trick that and that's why it's not that great of a game because it kind of plays itself it's very obvious of what you need to play and when you need to play it, I, I believe it was reprinted as uh, gudetama the lazy egg game I oh think is i what, didn't know that that was the reprint. what it was reprinted into i don't think they changed anything other than the the theme and the art uh and the lack of uh pickle pickle meeples. Meeples. Wow. so Okay, uh, but that's my first pick. All right, uh, five all right, I like cucumbers. it. Cucumbers. Well, okay, so for my first pick, oh, and just just so everyone knows, it's a five point five. Oh, all right. So even lower. Came Good out, job, Richie. Came you, out you in could, 2013. You I can maybe I even didn't have need to check credit. you. I totally believed you. Okay, <laughs> you get extra credit for that, Richie. Thank okay, you. so now um, I'm gonna go with my next one. You guys used to get to tease me 
all the time because I'd never played it. Um, I'm happy you get to, to pick this. Okay, good. Chad, I'm happy you get yeah, to pick this. Yeah, I, I thought you might appreciate that. I, I played it, and it is a good game. Like, I will play it with my family. It is not the best game, but there are many games that use this mechanism all over that are much higher on BGG, and uh, it's, it's still a classic for a reason, and that's Yahtzee. Yahtzee is my first pick. Good pick. So, and that is 5.5. Yep. Came out in 1956. Uh, and that is also one of the games off of my list, which I'm a little worried about. <laughs> okay. Clef <laughs> looking for a pen. <laughs> what were you looking at? Yeah. Oh, no. Because now none of these games are coming. <laughs> That's not a big surprise to me. Yeah, I don't know what I was looking at. <laughs> so for my second pick, uh, I'm going to go with uh, a game. I'm, a lot of these games for me, honestly, are kind of classic games that I played with my family and I will still play. Um, and this gets a lot of uh, a lot of talk, but I still think that this is a decent game. It is a mass market game. There are many other games that I would rather play, but it is one of the most popular shedding games that you can play. And I'm going to go with Uno. I don't care what you want to say. Uno is still a good game for that entry level. There are a lot of people you can teach to play and there is some choice in the cards that you play as well. So Uno is my second pick. Yeah, I, I didn't put it on my list, um, but I, I figured someone was gonna to pick it up. And not, yeah, it's not a bad game. I actually, I ended up picking up the uh, Marvel Uno to play with Knox. Mm -hmm. He hated it, but that's okay. <laughs> we tried it. <laughs> if you ever want a, a good laugh, by the way, you should look up the YouTube video of kids losing at Uno. Uh, at Uno, it is pretty great. Uh, it's really good. And in fact, my favorite part of it is when uh, the girl lays down her, her second to last card and the mom goes, oh, oh, what do we say? And she goes, sucka. <laughs> <laughs> uh, good pick. Um, my next pick, uh, it is purely, uh, I think, I think, I know Jessica and I had this like when we first got married, uh, another mass market game. Uh, and it's and it's purely I, I enjoy just it's almost a toy more than a game, but it's past the pigs, which is just you have these two little pig dice, these little rubbery pig dice that you, you, you roll and there there's different ways that they can land and they count for different points. And it's just a race to see who can get the most points. But honestly, it's just pig dice. And that's that's why you buy it. Yep. Not necessarily to play the game. Well, also, if you can roll make and bacon, that's pretty good. Yeah. And there there is one that's like a. a <laughs> A jowler, something yep, like that, yep, where they yep. land on top land of on each the, other, yeah, or something. I can't. Remember. Oh no, they that's yeah, that's when they land on their side on yep. the jowl. Yep. Whatever the one is where they have to like accidentally land on top of each other. I've never seen it happen, but there's one like if they land on top of each yeah, other, like, like you win. Literally the game. piggyback. Yeah, something yeah. like that. Uh, but yeah, pass the pigs. 1977. It is a 5.4. That's great. Which is a a wild. Wildly high, honestly, for a couple of people. <laughs> that game, yeah. <laughs> it is. So, so how many am I picking right now? You get three. You get one. But you get. Well, I would normally get my two. So, no, do, did I get... lose my. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You, yeah. yeah, you get your. So, you... my first one is just a, a nothing. You'll yep. pick it at the very end. You get, oh, I you get... pick it at the very end. Yeah, yeah. Yep. You'll still get to pick it, but just at the very end. I kind of like the fact that I just didn't get to pick one. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I have verified my next two games on the thing are lower than a 5.9. 5.9 or lower. Okay. 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 So, my first one, 
I think I remember playing this game. <laughs> Give me a break. I know for a fact I played it. I just trying to remember exactly, but it's uh, Picturica. Did you guys ever play that one? Picturica. <laughs> oh, um, is it? It has like a dragon on the. No. 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 It's okay. kind of got crazy abstract kind of art oh, on the front of no. it. No, and I'm thinking of something different. Um, you, you def the kids loved this game when I was younger. That's all I'm going to say about this game. <laughs> <laughs> it's from 2006. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. okay. 2006. It's a 5.4. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, it, I think like you, there were different pictures that they had to do something with. Yeah. Parker Brothers, it looks like republished it. And uh, the kids used to love it. I'm not telling you that. So, <laughs> all right. All right. Should, things should be at least a 5.5. All right. Okay. Okay. I, 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 I believe i've seen the box okay. before my next pick is a game that i have played a lot okay and i just checked it so you can check it again <laughs> but this one is called giza g-i-z-a mm -hmm. it is a tiled kind of uh random tile drafting where you have these tiles and you're just trying to build pyramids on your board but you also get broken pieces of the pyramid that you can put on your opponent's board to make theirs not like they have to get rid of those before they can start to build theirs up again. And then it also has a, yep. And it also has a Sphinx that you can build, but the Sphinx, like the bottom part of the Sphinx is worth like negative points. So you have to get to that middle part of the Sphinx to make it worth points. Um, and you're just kind of grabbing tiles and then you're just trying to build up for points. It's not a great game, but Hey, it's able to make my list right now. So. Okay. <laughs> Great. So I'm going to go Giza for my third, second, third pickish thing. Yeah. Yeah. So. Close to it. Okay. Close all enough. right. Don't, hey, don't hurry in your guys' Yeah, picks, we'll, we'll right? take our time. <laughs> <laughs> Although it's tough to, to vamp about some of these games. Um, <laughs> all right. For my third pick, uh, this one's a kid's game, and it it's not good. Like the other ones, <laughs> but it's it's got once again the the toy factor. It's mit mist untuk. Okay, I, I, hopefully I, I was close there. All right, uh, came out in 2014. You are dung beetles, and <laughs> you are pushing poop. You're trying to get poop into your burrow. So the way it, it's kind of it's a dexterity game. So you have these ramps, and then you have this uh, boulder uh, that is the the poop and you you put it on the ramp and you're you're, you're sliding and you have a board like you know when you push out when you punch out a game and then you have like the frame and then the empty spots mm -hmm. so you have that like you have a circular field and then you have you punch out all these holes and you're trying to roll your ball so that it lands perfectly in one of the holes mm -hmm. and then that's all i remember about the game there's something about you you get points there's special powers that you can do there's a special ball that you can pull out that's like a hedgehog or something like that. I don't. I don't remember that part of it. But um, it's a, a good kids game, and it, like I said, it has that that toy factor with the boulder, and you you're rolling it down the ramp, trying to get it to stick into the one of the holes. But mit mist untuk. <laughs> All right. Uh, I, Five point seven. You make it sound. I mean, other than the name, you make it sound interesting. Yeah. Uh, it's well, it's not, but <laughs> <laughs> that's my pick. Okay. Well, I've got my two last ones here, my third and my fourth. Uh, the first one is going to be, uh, I play this game thanks to um, 
and Journey at Spielbound. Uh, she likes every every month. She likes to play one. Uh, I think she calls it um, obscure obscure game of the month, basically. And uh, this is one that uh, a couple of our friends and Journey is the designer of uh, Dinosaur Rails. I believe is that is that what it's called? Uh, no, no. Uh, Chris, Chris Cretaceous Rails. Cretaceous Rails. Uh, Cretaceous Rails. So anyway, she sh- showed me this game, Emira. It is called the game of strategic harem building. Uh, basically, you are like an Arabian king. It's a horrible theme, but it's very interesting. Uh, you're an Arabian sheik, and you're looking to expand your harem with more princesses. And so you are uh, you are participating in these auctions to basically um, obtain these princesses to your harem which is basically set collection there's an interesting bidding mechanism there are event cards that can be played i mean this was on the list and i definitely remembered it because the theme is uh so weird and memorable um so yeah my third pick is amira or emira and my last one um i found out about this last pick because uh one of my great friends when i lived in new york he was on mad men and he was asked to be Rabbit. on <laughs> he was asked to be on Rich Summers Rich Summers podcast cuz Rich Summer for a while did a podcast about board games and Rich Summer was in Mad Men with him and one of the games that they played on air is a game that my son loved for years and that's just win lose banana and you can play this game if you have three pieces of paper, basically, or just three playing cards and you can write win, lose and banana on it. And all you do is you deal the cards out. And basically the person that has the, uh, the person that has the banana card has to pick whether they have the win card or, or they have to pick whether the other person has the win card or the lose card. And basically it's just a negotiation and bluffing game. And so each of the other players are trying to get that person to pick them so they can get a point and win with them. It's ridiculous, but it's a fun five minute game. You can just play like three rounds of it and have a great time. So win, lose and banana, win, lose banana is my fourth favorite game. I remember that podcast episode. Yeah, um, it was a good one. It was Rich, a good show. Rich yeah. Rich I Summer wish he, used to have a great yeah, podcast. I wish he kept it going. Um, my last pick, uh, this is a game from 2020. Uh, it was the follow-up to Mechs vs. Minions from Riot Games, and that's uh, Tellstone's King's Gambit. Uh, it gets a 5.7. It was not well-received, uh, and I think mainly because it's a memory game. And this is a game that I play with Knox quite a bit. The memory element, uh, you know, is just not going to be fun for a lot of people, but, you know, he loves it. So, uh, But in the game, the way that it works is you have these six... Uh, bake light tiles that have different symbols on them. Uh, it's a crown, uh, shield, different stuff like that. There's six different ones. Uh, and you set them out on this little blue felt uh, runner type thing. And uh, on your turn, you will either you take one of these actions. You either tell your opponent to uh, place one of the um, tokens onto the board tell them to hide one, tell them to swap one, but you're doing that. And and then the last two things you can do is you can uh, challenge um, and say that you can either do this or you can dare them to 
reveal or like to say what the order is of the pieces out there. Um, but that's it. I mean, that's the game. And when you challenge, either someone's going to win or lose at that point because either they'll get it right or they'll get it wrong. Um, but yeah, it's not. Um, I don't. I don't know if it's in print anymore. It's a, it's a nice little production, but it is just purely a memory game, and you know, basically like the you know, like three card Monty essentially, like mixing things up and trying to find, um, and trying to you know say the order essentially. Uh, but it's a it's a decent game. Uh, I can't I can't say that it's worth checking out. But uh, Tellstones King's Gambit. I remember when that came out. Yeah, I, I mean, I I believe a lot of people were excited just based off of you know. The coming off of uh, Mechs versus Minions, but it was a completely different game, and just I know that memory element is tough for a lot of people. Yep. All right, Clef, what do you got? First of all, I, I figured out what I did. Okay. Okay. I, I, I guess there is a like if you look at your collection, there is something that's called the geek rating, yes. as opposed to the average rating. Right. And I was looking at the geek rating, and I was thinking that's what it I was. Gotcha. So. I apologize that I so sloppily did this. That's that's not that's not going to win you any. I don't want anybody to vote for me. <laughs> <laughs> not even well, you, Ryan. Don't vote for me. <laughs> it's, it's possible you won't put up the poll anyways, so yeah, <laughs> you might not point, be able good to. Good point. Yeah. Uh, however, I have come up with with two last games here, so I can round out my "don't vote for me" list. Okay, and the third one on my list is going to be a game I used to play this with my cousins and my grandma back in the day and this is triominoes i don't know if mm-hmm. you guys have ever played this one i've, I've, I've seen, seen this it. okay yeah. so you just basically have a triangle that has different numbers on it and you have to place it out on the board and match up numbers not much else to that except for you're trying to get rid of all your your tiles kind of like a domino type of game but with triominoes uh so i wouldn't suggest playing it but you know hey there you go and then my last one this game almost got my wife and I to have a divorce on our wedding night, okay? <laughs> because her family was all in town and we were playing games and we we were playing this particular game and this game is called Lunch Money. And it's kind of similar and I'm trying to think of the one where you're like a like with uh, the bang maybe is what it is. I think maybe that is the game where you're trying to shoot other players and stuff to yeah. eliminate them. Well, lunch money is similar to that where you're trying to do different things to hurt your opponent and knock them out. Well, there was a point we were playing this game and my wife had taken her turn and then it was my turn and I started to take my turn. And as I finished my turn, you always draw cards at the end of your turn. And I went to draw cards and all of a sudden she goes, oh, wait, I hadn't drawn a card yet. And so I was like, okay, we'll just draw from the top. And she's like, well, no, those are supposed to be mine. <laughs> and then, of course, she lost the game. And she's like, well, I should have had those cards and I should have won. And I mean, literally, I was like, oh, my God. Never played lunch money after that. <laughs> well, because you stole her lunch money. You stole, I stole lunch her money. lunch money. Is that so. the theme of the game? You like your kids? You're yeah, trying like to steal kids, other people's lunch money? Yeah, trying to beat up people. Like, who knows? You would like that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Shake, you know, hold a little kid over and yeah. shake out their lunch money. I like that idea. That's the first player marker in a small child. Well, Patrick, I really appreciate you giving us this wonderful draft idea. Yeah. Boy, well, that was that was that was rough. Yeah, 
That was rough. Uh, right. I mean, I'm glad we went up to the 5.9. Honestly, I yes. had nothing at 5. No, I mean, it's below. really hard to... Yeah. For, I hadn't even played that many games that were rated that low. Yeah, most most people are... There's going to be some people that like it that are going to rate it better to, mm. to get it up there. So, so. I was going to dip into, like, if I had to, I was going to start to dip into a game that I got with the office Christmas party that somebody got me who knew I liked board games <laughs> <laughs> and, that, and that is redneck life <laughs> that, that ended up at the good the goodwill mighty quick but basically you just have to end up with the most teeth in the game and you win uh, did you check to see where is uh Oh, black, black and, white? and white Monopoly. Where is that? Right what? That was getting a reprint. <laughs> it's getting what? a reprint. Remember, we saw that that uh, someone was bringing that back. Oh yeah, um, but you're right. I it was a long that, time ago. But they I were going to try to try to couch it in more, yes uh, culturally sensitive. <laughs> yeah, terms. they were, were going to update it. Holy cow! <laughs> Not from bit. the 70s. Oh my goodness, boy, oh boy. Uh, well, you know that. I mean, I do still have that copy. I, I don't. I, I wouldn't even feel right dropping it at the at the Goodwill. So. <laughs> R- Richie, put that on the can, table we yeah, can review we'll just, that for yeah, our we'll, next yeah. review next review uh, you can do that and uh clef you check your tinder and see what you got <laughs> as far as hits and that's what we'll do um, i promise to jeff's up as a sheriff I'm, that's right I'm there for you well punch bunch thank you for sticking through us uh with this one Th- thanks uh to being a loyal listener sorry this is uh coming out a bit late but we're still trying to get it within the month and then thanks so much to slow play studios and ryan freshman for yes. for helping us out big time absolutely very 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 nice appreciate it y'all take care of each other take care of yourselves and take care of each other all right everybody have a good night thanks for listening punchboard paradise would like to thank our loyal listeners as well as the publishers and designers that have provided review copies you can find us at punchboardparadise at gmail.com you can find us on twitter at punchboarders we are on instagram at punchboard paradise and facebook at punchboard paradise